everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Social Work podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen H. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. All right, so let's get started. You all know that this season we've covered some heavy topics like planning for end of life, being a caretaker, and dealing with different stressors. Well, we have a treat for you all today because Katusha Gray, aka Queen K, is back. She's with us for another episode. Um, so we got some good feedback from her last episode. So she's back to share her wisdom on all things meditation and the benefits of it. Thank you, Queens. I'm back. I'm back, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. And Tell us, how's everything been and what you've been up to? Booked and busy. Life <laughs> is life in me. I keep saying that over and over again. My little one is getting ready to graduate from high school. She's getting ready to go to college. That's my last child. So I'm feeling all sorts of stuff. Um, my divorce was officially finalized. I think the last time we met, I was maybe still in the midst of it, or maybe it was wrapping up. And so, you know, I'm still really busy at my practice. And I always like to tell my patients, I actually was telling the patient this this morning, like the idea is to swim and learn how to flow with life. When you start flowing against life is when we get really stressed and anxious and nervous. And someone said to me, well, how are you managing? You know what I said? Meditation. That's it. That's it. Tell them. That's it. I ain't got nothing else for y'all but meditation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And when it's too much, I start to feel it in my body. And that's what I think is most important for people. People are so disconnected from their body and they're not listening to the small knock, right? Because we have an internal fire alarm inside of our body and fire alarm beeps very lightly. But so many people are so disconnected from their body that they're not listening to the alarm when it's low. You know, when they start listening, when it's big, get up on, let's go. We got things to do. And by then it's too late. But if we could catch it when the fire alarm is real low and we can meditate and we can do things to bring ourselves, anchor ourselves back to present, you'll be a much better person because of it. Absolutely. Um, I agree. I feel like um, when I supervise clinicians, I'm always talking to them about you know, initially, sometimes people want to dive right into all the stuff. I'm like, wait, 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 pump your brakes. The thing that you want to do is you want people to understand their triggers and how the stuff feels in their body. You got to do body work because the moment that they can feel or know, even when it's starting to creep up a little bit, then they can throw in the coping skills. They can throw in meditation. They can throw in, you know, all these other things that they're doing, but if they don't never know, they're, they're trying to throw in a cup of water on, on a five alarm blaze. It ain't, ain't happening. They burnt up to a crisp. You are speaking all facts. I think so many people, specifically newer clinicians, they get so caught up in, I want to help. 
I want to help. You know, I want to alleviate this pain, which is great. I understand that because that's why we came into this field to help. But how can you skip a step, right? And making people understand their mind and their body and their triggers. You skipping a whole step before you get into coping skills. I used to suffer from really bad headaches a while ago, many years ago. And I remember I went to my doctor and I was with her literally for 10 minutes. And she was like, all right, I'm going to prescribe you um, this narcotic. I was like, what? You've only sat with me for 10 minutes to talk about my headaches. And you're prescribing me this hardcore narcotic that I could probably get addicted to. What about you know, a CAT scan? What about triggers? What about stress? What about all of that? Like, so how can we jump to medication or IE coping skills if you're not even letting people know what's going on inside of them that's actually causing this? So Queen K, tell me about what types of meditation are there? So I think there's a lot of different forms of meditation. For me, what I like is explaining what meditation is because most people have this concept of, you know, sitting in crisscross pose and putting your fingers together and chanting om. And you, you know, people think kooky things. That could be a form of meditation. Absolutely. But literally meditation is really focusing on something, focusing on an affirmation, a word, a color, prayer. Prayer is meditation. Prayer is meditation, right? Because it's silence. It's silencing the mind, which trickles down and it's silencing the body, right? It's really a state of just pure consciousness and trying to really go deep inside the mind and body. And there's plenty of things you can do in meditation, right? You can sit down and you can place your hands on your lap and just close your eyes and breathe. Breathing is one of the first things I teach any patient that comes sees me at my practice. I've been doing this a long time with breathing because breathing is in yoga, we define breathing as prana and prana is a life force energy. Breathing literally sends that signal to the brain because the brain is really like a computer system. And it says to the computer system, all right, it's all right. You could relax. It's like driving. My friend actually has a car like that. She drives one of those crazy racing cars, right? So it's like one of those crazy racing cars and you're driving like 120 miles an hour. Literally breathing is the brakes. It literally is the brakes because it's bringing you back to center. It's bringing you back to calm. You can meditate while you're washing dishes because you're focusing your mind on just the dishes while you're washing the dishes, right? You can do walk meditation. I used to do that with kids back in the days where I would say, you know what? We're going to have a session outside today. And we will go outside and we would walk and walking while just noticing, right? No talking, just noticing what you see, right? Observing, calming the mind, calming the body. Some people chant. I know people. Uh, lots of people do that, right? So there's a bunch of different forms of meditation that is accessible to you. 
Yes, I for one, I chant. So that really helps focus uh, my mind. Um, the silence is something I can't do, but the chanting really helps me uh, hone in and zone and really uh, focus on internally what's happening for me and really um, brings out like, um, not to sound kooky, but life force, right? <laughs> but life force, what I feel is like positive life force. So if I sit down and when I chant and um, I'm not feeling uh, my best, by the time I'm done chanting, I start to feel a little bit more hopeful, um, a little bit more calm, a little bit more, you know, ready to take on whatever it is. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, it really is anchoring you back to the present moment, because when we're triggered, when we're stressed, our body and our mind instantly goes into a whirlpool of anxious thoughts, depressed thoughts, our trauma stuff, all our stuff comes to the surface. So meditating and focusing and grounding yourself is really anchoring you back here. It's saying to you, you're okay. You're safe. You're here. Bring yourself back here to the room. That is great, Queen K. I love that. When you said whirlpool, it got me thinking spiraling because that's a term that we use. And that's exactly what happens. It's one thing on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. And then you're like, wait, I can't deal with it. <laughs> and then the need to center, the need to even be present before the work can commence. You have to start there. You know, when you talked about skipping a step, you're absolutely right. Because you have to start with being present first mm -hmm. before you can even get to unload what's going on with you. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So tell us about how you use it in your practice, how you use meditation in your practice specifically. So first of all, everyone who gets treated by me knows that I'm a very unconventional therapist. I'm not just using just CBT. That's just not my style. Um, so if anybody is going to utilize alternative methods, it should be in their consent forms and they should have a conversation with the people that they're treating. So that's number one. I think that's really important. And for me, because people already know that I'm a mind body therapist. So our first couple of sessions is always about the body, the mind and the connection with it. So there's lots of psychoeducation surrounding that. Sometimes people come in very flustered and I may have them sit and breathe just a little bit. I may have them close their eyes. I may have them not depending upon how well I know this person. Cause sometimes closing your eyes with patients could be very triggering. So we have to be mindful of that also. Sometimes I'll give them a stress ball. I have a squishy stress ball, another form of meditation. I'll have them look at the ball, the specific ball that I have, once you squeeze it, it changes colors. So I have them squeeze it while they're looking at it, while they're breathing and opening up. Because remember what I said, we're focusing on our mind on one thing to get us to relax. So sometimes I use that. Sometimes I'll give them um, a bracelet, right? And sometimes the bracelet will, they'll go towards every bead and they'll focus on the bead while breathing, right? Um, and then when I really get to know them and I make sure I understand their triggers and they understand their triggers, then we're able to understand how we can catch it. 
before it goes into that spiral, that whirlpool of thoughts, right? Remember what I said, that first beep inside the body. So for me, that is the side of my head because I suffer from really bad headaches when I start getting stressed. So when the side of my head starts pulsating, that's my alarm. It's saying, all right, girl, you're doing too much. So you got to fall back. And I make people understand that. And then one of the coping skills is all of those breathing meditation exercises. We do it right in the office. No, and, and, that's, and that's important that you, you have a place where they know that they can come and feel safe and be able to do this. And when you said like focusing on the, the, the bees, I, you just remind me of, you know, people call it many different things, but grounding, right? Grounding exercise, like keeping yourself right here and focusing on this present moment. And so as you talk, it just goes into my next question about the benefits, right? You just, you said one of the benefits. So if you can just elaborate a little bit on the benefits of meditation. Absolutely. Meditation and the benefits of it is grounding. It's bringing you back to this present moment. It's an anchor. We need something to bring us back here because a lot of people have experienced a lot of trauma and some not such big trauma. I don't believe in, you know, that little T and big T. I don't believe in that. I Meaning trauma. I believe that we've all, every single human on this planet has experienced some form of trauma in their lives, right? Because my definition of trauma is really an overwhelming inability to cope. So that could be anybody and that could be anything. And so if we look at it that way, right? We're going to need pools to bring us back because our trauma, our anxiety, our stress, our whatever triggers our brain, right? And then once it triggers our brain, the alarm in our brain says, okay, something is happening. Something is happening. Now I'm scared, right? That fight, flight, or freeze mode gets activated inside of our body, and the only way that we can anchor ourselves and bring us back so we don't go back into trauma time, stress, worry, and whatever is going on is by breathing to bring us back into center, to bring us back here. That's wonderful. That's definitely wonderful. And I think, you know, this was definitely something that was helpful during, during COVID, right? Um, working in healthcare and, you know, having the opportunity to do meditation because the days were crazy. <laughs> we all know, cause we all <laughs> worked in healthcare. We know that that place was uh, a topsy-turvy mess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I see Queen P laughing, <laughs> you know, we were in there just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, uh, to have, uh, the, the time to be able to be brought back to center, right. You know, part of anxiety is being worried about the things you can't control or being worried about future things. And it's like, no, 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 no. Stay right here because really and truly the actions that you take now affect the future. So there's no need to worry about what's going to happen then worry about this moment here. And what you're doing here, that'll tell you what's going to happen in the future, right? So I think that's a point to remember. I can't agree with that anymore. 
I think so many people are stuck on, I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what's going to happen in five years. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I can only control and focus on right now. And right now, y'all stressing me out. So I'm going to have this coffee and I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths. I'll talk to y'all in a few hours. (laughs) (laughs) That is so poignant, Queen K and Queen H, because the worrying about the unknown leaves you so unavailable for the present. So unavailable. You're not even here because you're in next week. Stop playing. What's happening then? Like, you got to get there, Queen H. Like you said, the decisions and choices you make now will prepare you and set you up for what happens next. But you got to be present in the moment to even decide what's happening then, you know? So we talked about in previous episodes, stressors and end of life and, um, being a caretaker at home while you got to come in and do this work. And, and those were really, really heavy topics for us, Queen K. I don't know if you heard those episodes, but we really had some stuff going on earlier in the season, you know, dealing with grief, et cetera. And so we thought it would be great to have you back to help us with some meditation so that we can kind of go into a lighter season and kind of give people some ways to cope with those heavy things. Cause our episodes are, you know, about life, life, and like you said earlier, <laughs> and we're going through things and I'm sure our listeners are going through things. So please do lead us into a good old meditation. Absolutely. So I'm going to lead you guys into what I call a heart sense of meditation, which is one of my personal favorites because most of us or all of us has experienced some sort of a trauma and whatever trauma that we've experienced is held in our heart. It's really held in our heart. So wherever anyone is, if you're sitting, that's fine. If you're laying down, that's fine. But don't be doing this while you're driving. That's that's for sure. Right? <laughs> Please don't, because you can, don't sue us. Listen, disclaimer, hold on, hold on. Disclaimer. Let's rewind, Okay. We about to do a meditation. Please do not be in action trying to do this. Sit yourself down or pause the thing here, okay? And when you got a moment, sit down and do it. But do not do this, okay? And then say, uh, Queen's of Social Work and Queen K had me meditate while I was driving and I crashed up the place. No, please, because we don't have no money for you, okay? Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. All right, everybody. So let's find ourselves in a comfortable position, wherever that may be for you. Then you're going to take one hand and place it on your heart. You're going to take the other hand and place it on top of the heart. And if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes here if you choose. If closing your eyes does not feel comfortable for you, you can look at a point in the room that is not moving. We only do what's comfortable to us. And now you're going to take a deep breath in through our nose. Exhale out of our mouth. Deep inhale in through our nose. Exhale out of our mouth. And just stay here for a few moments and just notice your heart. Notice what that feels like. You know, as I said, so many of us are going through 
heartache and pain. Just a lot going on for us. And we just want to be able to send love to our heart area because we all deserve to be loved. We're going to send some compassion to our heart area because we're all just doing our best. And just notice that. And maybe as you breathe, you start to say to yourself, I love myself. I am as I am meant to be. And feel those words floating into your whole body, radiating through the heart, through the stomach, through the legs, through the mind. Sending all those signals and letting your body and your heart know that you're safe and you're okay. And continuing to have your heart open and radiate all this love and all this positive energy. And on that last, last exhale, slowly, slowly coming back to present moment, feeling all this love surrounding you, all this calm and warmth. Taking one final cleansing breath in through the nose. Exhale out of the mouth and slowly opening your eyes and releasing your hands. Well, I feel relaxed. I don't know about y'all, but I feel good. Listen, I'm over here warm and fuzzy, okay? <laughs> Feeling the love. Thanks. <laughs> Feeling that heart love, that good old heart yes. love. I had to tell myself, uh, Queen H, you the bomb girl. You the <laughs> yes, bomb. okay. Yes. I love you, girl. I'm gonna as... give you a hug. Okay, I am as I'm intended to be. Stop playing. Listen, we about to go off in here in a minute. We about to do big things. <laughs> I'm feeling the self love right now. Thank you so much, Queen K. This is this is needed, especially as we're ending April. Right. This month is heavy with also different awareness, child abuse, sexual assault. And the next month is mental health. So, you know, this is just a great way to usher it in and all the things that everybody is going through. And and if anyone wasn't sure about how to incorporate it into their work, I think you just made it very clear how it can be. Right. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I am available for consultation. So anybody could feel free. You guys have my information to reach out to me for consultations. You do have to make sure that it's ethical and it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we are doing harm if you are not seeking consultation on how to utilize meditation and breathing and movement into your practice. We shouldn't be doing stuff that's unethical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll make sure to drop your contact information in the show notes, how they can reach you on IG and all of the above your website. So yes, definitely. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me guys. If you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Queens of Social Work pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. If you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to check out our show notes or email us at thequeensofsocialwork at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it if you rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>